do a brief message here tonight. We're going to continue our conversation from Tuesday about finances. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you came to church today? And no, I am not talking about your money. Uh, talking about you tithing here. At least not yet. All right. So on Tuesday, one of the areas God said that we will thrive is in financially financially will thrive and so god began to put on my heart and, and you know it was jeremiah 29 verse 7 when uh israel went in captivity by babylon and he told them to get comfortable where they are uh get comfortable and you need to pray for the welfare of the country uh because that's how you're gonna benefit from it take wives take have children do all of that stuff because you're gonna be there for a while because of your disobedience that's what led you there. And so I begin to say that we have to stop having the mentality because I have the, I had the mentality and I'm working on it now that if I got more money, I come out of debt. If I got more money, then I'll get on the right check that's trying to erase debt. And while that could be part of that could be part of the you know problem and uh, problem um, part of excuse me uh, the solution to the problem, uh, it's not really the best mindset to have because even if you got more money, if you still take the same habits that got you in the situation with the more money, you still are going to be in what? Debt. All right. So what I'm saying is, is that we want to look at debt as captivity. Because most of us are captive with debt. Student loan debt, car debt, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, mortgages, rent, all of that swelling. Well, whatever. It's 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 70%. So most of us get up here and we preach, you got to tithe the tenth. You got to tithe the tenth. And, and, and so when you're, all your money's going to bills, right? It's kind of hard to give charitably like you would want. Because it's like, I have, I literally don't have anything after it's all gone. It's like, this is the best I can do. But here's what I'm telling you is that according to the New Testament, that while the 10th was there before, watch this, before there was a law that we do not give according to Old Testament law. That we give according to the New Testament because of what Christ has done. Everybody are on different playing fields financially. So while the tenth is the baseline, some people can do more than that. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, that we should give according, purpose in our heart, and give according to our ability. All right? You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful, uh, he, God, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And so you have to purpose in your heart. You have to have an intention to give. And it has to be what you and God has des has uh, has uh, came up with that you should give. All right. So you tithe according to your ability. So if your ability is not 10 percent, I mean, 10 percent, excuse me, and it's six, then you have to stick to that. You have to give according to your ability. Now, the tenth is there as the baseline. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you don't, don't sow the tenth or anything like that. I'm telling you that you are supposed to give according to your ability, as Paul was saying in the church, because some of the churches in that time were poor, especially the church in Macedonia. They gave what they had. And that's why Paul was saying that, hey, this church barely had, barely had anything, and they gave more than you at the, at the Corinthian church. 
And so uh, uh, when the woman came to the synagogue and she saw what she had, she only had two mites. And that pretty much is nothing. That's like pennies. And Jesus said, wow, she gave more than everybody else because, number one, she had the right heart. And two, she gave according to what she had. All right. So that's what I want to give there. But what I'm saying is finances is a big thing because we can't really do and do the things that we're called to do if we are tied up and captive to debt. And so a lot of ways finances is one of the biggest concerns and issues that all of us deal with. Amen. Amen. It's one of the biggest issues. And so if it's one of the biggest issues, of course, the enemy himself is going to make sure that be an issue so it can keep you bound. Hallelujah. He wants to keep you bound up financially instead of you putting it to business and started you putting it to uh, uh, investments. You can't even invest in anything because you're living paycheck to paycheck. Are you hearing me? And as inflation is increasing, it's like things are increasing, but your money not increasing. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> Jesus. So you want to keep inflating stuff, but I don't got money to inflate with you. Come on, help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? You looking at your check like, oh, my God. <laughs> you, see, you see what Uncle Sam took out? You said the devil is a liar, you Uncle Sam. <laughs> and then you got Sally Mae calling you up saying, hey, we want your money from when you took you to college. And you said, oh, my God. And then what they keep doing is going interest, putting more interest on it and everything. But what I'm saying is you can't forbearance that forever. It's still there. <laughs> and by the time you look at it, the interest has now increased on it. So now you're paying more for than what you actually loaned. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But here is what I begin to understand. I begin to understand this as I was in my study. I said, I begin to look at this word and if we're going to thrive, there is something that is linked to prosperity and it's diligence. So I want to briefly talk to you about the prosperity of the diligent. Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy ch chapter 28. I'm going to read a couple scriptures for you and we're going to get out of here. We'll do a real brief. OK, now, verse one, it says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God to observe carefully uh, all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings, say all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Wow, that's a, that's a great promise. It says if you're diligent in verse one and obey the voice of the Lord, then it says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. That means to be overcome, overwhelmed by. In this year, God is going to overwhelm you with blessing. But the first thing you got to do is be diligent to his voice. Are you hearing me? If you're diligent to the word of God and putting it in action, it's not enough to hear it. But blessed are those who not only hear the word, but are doers of the word. You got to do both. Look at somebody say you got to do both. You got to do both. You got to do both. You just can't hear. You got to actually put it into practice and putting it into practice is wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to take what you heard. 
and put it to work. Wisdom is doing something with the knowledge you received. Are you hearing me? Diligence means a steady, earnest, or energetic effort. It's a preserving application. Here's what I'm telling you. It says if you are earnestly hearing the voice of God, being diligent, obeying its word, obeying what the Bible says concerning your finances, because the scripture talks a lot about it, then these blessings shall overtake you. Are you hearing me? Go to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. And it says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent does what? So there is a direct link between diligence and prosperity. Matter of fact, diligence is linked to prosperity. Diligence is linked to prosperity. The reality is, is that if we're not putting the effort towards our money, then how are we going to be prosperous? If we're not being diligent with what the little that we have, if you're not faithful over the few things, how can God bless you with much? If you're not faithful with the living paycheck to paycheck, how are you going to be faithful when you finally get the money and you're not living paycheck to paycheck? Because what happens? You're going to spend that all to you and then be like, God, I don't have enough. What? What? You don't have enough. Do you like Soldier Boy? What? <laughs> Drake? <laughs> you screaming money? Money? I just blessed you with money. Come on, man. And you squandering it. You can't do that. We have to get better. How many of y'all like to shop in the room? Don't be afraid. I'm about to say, I knew you better. <laughs> Your head better be lifted. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's nothing wrong with shopping. But when you go overboard, there's a problem. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So prosperity is, is linked to diligence. You have to make an effort when it comes down to your money. You have to make sure, and, I, and again, I am not speaking this to you like I have uh, comprehended all of this. Yeah. I'm learning, I'm speaking it to you, because I'm trying to get out of debt too. Amen. Right? We all trying to learn together so we can all what? Thrive together. Thrive. We want to thrive. So my biggest thing is, is that if we can get uh, our money loosened, then we can do more things for the kingdom of God. Amen? We can, we can do more things. We can give to people. We can give to more things. Like, listen here, our money is so tied up that when it comes down to the shutdowns and different things like that, we can't give over and beyond because we're still worrying about the lights and worried about, uh, uh, worried about paying the bills on time so you can have a place to come on Sundays. You get what I'm saying? So if the church is loosened up, then there's more stuff that you can do for the community. How many of y'all know in this room, if you had no debt, can you think of the things that you could do? The things you could put the money towards. Come on, somebody. If you had, if you had no bills right now other, outside of just taking care of the utilities of your house, all of that stuff, you can put in your mind where that money could go to. Therefore, giving you more cash to do more things. 
Some of you could take more vacations. Some of you can take, come on, somebody. Some we can do more things. But it comes with a spirit of diligence. We must be diligent. I'm telling you, it's very important. We must practice diligence because if we're not practicing diligence and putting hard work and effort towards our money and having our money have a plan with our money to do various things, then we are going to have ourselves caught up. Are you hearing me? And many Americans right now are caught up. That's because when we had this government shutdown, most people didn't have a savings because you didn't expect this to happen. Come on, man. I'm telling you now, especially now, you better make sure you have some savings because I, I don't know about you, but I don't trust no man in government. Don't trust it. I don't trust no man. The Bible said put no trust in man. And you putting trust in somebody in the White House and your Congress to do stuff, and they're not worried about you. All right, let me, let me, let me keep moving. All right, point one, let me hit, let me, let's go real quick. 15 minutes left. Let's go. Point one, must be diligent in setting a budget. All right. How many of y'all know how to set a budget in this room? Lift your hands. All right. How many of you all actually set a budget, though? <laughs> and actually, how many of you, you know how to do it, but you just don't do it? All right. Now, how many of you all actually live on the budget that you set? <laughs> so all of us in the room, we got to actually set. We got to set a budget and we got to stick to it the best way we can. Dave Ramsey says that every month we should be setting a budget because each month comes with different stuff. Right. So every month we have to set a budget and we have to put some effort towards it. You get what I'm saying? We have to put that in play. Uh, I know with various things that are coming up in my own personal life. I really need to sit down again and set a budget because you're dealing with you want to deal with future stuff and a wedding planning and all that good old stuff. But whatever. So you got to deal with all of that stuff. You know, amen. Jesus. Jesus, sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus. So you got to deal with all of that stuff, right? I'm telling you, you got to sit down and you got to plan out. You got to plan for the future. Now, you can't plan. Uh, I'm not going to tell you because things come up. Things come up. So in your, in your planning and what you need to do with your budget is, especially Dave Ramsey, I, I love referring to him. I'm going to refer to him a lot tonight, is that you want to uh, rank your, your, bit, your, your, your debts from smallest to largest. And what you want to do is begin to attack the smallest debt so you can erase that first. You want to attack the one, you want to attack the debt that is the lowest first. That's what Dave, Dave Ramsey teaches. He want to, you want to rank them from smallest to largest. And as you take care of the smallest one, then you start taking care of the largest one and attack it aggressively. So you want to attack the small ones first that you can get that out of the way. Attack it aggressively. And then you deal with the large ones, all right? So that's one way you can go about doing it. Other people teach, well, you attack the ones with the highest interest. You could do that. 
But I like his method a little bit better. Attack the smallest ones first. Get that out the way. And we'll keep it moving, all right? So you want to rank them between smallest and largest. You want to rank. And when you're setting your budget, you want to look at uh, you want to look at the various things, how much money you got coming in that month, how much money you make through a year. You can set a yearly budget for yourself. You have to treat your money as if you were, uh, well, you are. You are a business, yeah. right? So... You have to ask yourself the question, am I managing my money right if I was a business? Would you hire yourself with what you do with your money? That's a good question. I say Jesus. <laughs> my God. You look at it like, no, nah, I don't think I would hire me. So you got to ask yourself the real question. Like, would you, you, gotta, you are a business, which you are. You know what I'm saying? If you were the money manager of you, of a business, you got to treat it treat it as such and take it with such serious because you don't want to get fired, right? Most of us dealing with our finances, we do whatever we want. <laughs> I'll get to it later. Peace. I know I have that mentality sometimes. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I didn't get their money. <laughs> uh, let me deal with this one first. Has anybody done that? <laughs> Be like, bro, you know, they can keep calling all they want to. <laughs> I'm going to go to this one first. <laughs> Decline. <laughs> My God. <laughs> all right, go to Proverbs chapter 21. Let me move. Let me move quick. Are you getting something out of this? It says, here it is. Good planning and hard work lead to what? Prosperity. Here's the deal. We got to plan well. If you don't plan for it, then you won't get prosperity. You know prosperity is something you got to plan for. You know prosperity is something that you got to expect. If you don't expect prosperity, you won't receive it. Huh? Here it is. Good planning and what? Hard work. Hard work. People want something for nothing. How in the world are you going to think you're going to get prosperous and the money just going to come out the sky? Come on, man. I would love for a money cloud to come every once a month and just get under it. But it don't happen like that. It does not happen like that. Money clouds don't come. I mean, money don't grow on trees, as they say. You can't get, you can't, listen, if you don't work hard, if you don't put in some effort, you got to put in some effort, but also that there's two ways God is waiting for your effort to put something in and God to do the rest. Here's my thing is it takes some type of human effort. Are you hearing me? I wish all of a sudden something happens where, oh, God, you, you, do you know that your family owned a plot and they had this many land and they got to come to you? I wish that could happen. But the chances of that are slim. <laughs> oh, my God. You just walk into $5 million. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it, it could happen. But I'm saying that was... <laughs> But, I, but what I'm saying is, again, it takes hard work. Whatever you don't work hard for, you will not get. But what it says, but hasty shortcuts lead to what? Get rich, quick schemes go to what? 
Oh my God, I, I don't mean to be no harm. You gotta be careful of certain, certain them jobs that come and they want you to come on that pyramid scheme. They, oh, we make this mighty money and da 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 da. My God. You gotta be careful of those people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we make this. Then they, what they do is at every conference, they bring in the person that made the most money and sell you on this dream and say, you know, you got to do this, this, and this. It's so easy. It's so easy. No, you got in at the right time where you could make some money at the very beginning. That's what happened, and that's why you got the money you got. Nobody want to tell the truth. So that's what they do. Quick get-rich schemes do not get you anywhere no fast. It leads you into poverty. And then at the, end of the, at the end of the conference, they say, oh, yeah, if you just sign up for this, this amount of money. I'm like, what? Huh? Where they do that at? <laughs> I'm trying to make money, not spend it. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me move. Let me move. We got to get out of here. Uh, go to Luke chapter 14, verse 28. It says, but don't begin until you count the cost. Hallelujah. This is Jesus saying it. You got to count the cost. Don't begin nothing until you count the cost. You got to count the cost. That means set a budget, my friend. <laughs> set a budget, count the cost. If you want to, listen, if you want to get a car, count the cost. How much is that going to affect your budget? Huh? If you want to get a house, count the cost. All right, do the math. Just sit there. There's, there's a lot of things. There's a uh, everydollar.com. It's free. You can go there and set a budget on everydollar.com and do it and put it on the, on, on the website. And wherever you are, see where you can go. Can you handle the expenses? Can you handle the utilities? And can you handle the property taxes? People say, I want to get a house. Do you know about property tax? That you pay quarter, uh, probably... You know, from July to July, yearly court, however they, however you uh, break them up. <laughs> Jesus, some houses are $2,000 in property tax. I said, my God, Jesus. <laughs> uh, it is set up in escrow. Eventually, you'll see it. You'll see it come out like, oh, my God, I'm paying this much for this? Jesus. I had people do that at the closing table. They said, what? This time, yes, I told you that this was the closing cost, buddy. It's too late to back up. You're going to sign on this dotted line. I'm getting my check. <laughs> now you got to read. Reading is fundamental, amen? Must be diligent in reading the fine print. <laughs> All right, point two. Point two. It says, must be diligent in avoiding debt. If you're trying to get out of debt, you need to avoid it. You must have effort of, again, avoiding debt. Don't get another credit card. How many of you all get in the mail all these nice little offers for credit cards? Let me see your hands. Oh, my God. You know what credit card company comes to me the most? Capital One. My God. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Movie used to work there. <laughs> Capital One. Oh, Brandon, you didn't plot for this. You can achieve this. Da, 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 da. We give you this much credit limit. Nope. Not going to give it to me. Well, you get no annual fee. No annual fee. All of that stuff. Don't get a credit card. Whatever you do. If you already got credit cards, pay them off. Trust me. I'm, about to do, I'm trying to do that now. Pay them down. Get them out. And don't spend on them. 
All right. Let's go to Proverbs. Must be diligent. Here it is. Just as the rich rule the poor. Here it is. This is a key. So the borrower is the servant to the lender. Most of us are servants to the lender. Jesus, including myself. You're servant. Your money's tied because you're serving it. You're working for Capital One. You're working for American Express. You're working for Wells Fargo. You're working for all the places that you're in debt to. You want to know why? Because your money's going to them. The study of your own pocket. And guess what? And you're realizing, why does the riches, you know, we can't get ahead. They're trying to keep the little man down. No. The, what the rich understand is the diligence on how to avoid certain things. So I don't want to be, and I don't want our church to be servants to the lender. Here's the deal. You have to see it as this. As Israel was captive to Babylon, so are you captive to whoever your creditors are. Because you are paying them. You are doing work for Egypt. You're getting work. You're doing work for Egypt. That's what you're doing. Instead of you being able to put it to a mutual, uh, uh, a mutual fund that gains interest, if you start a mutual fund right now and begin to, oh, my God, and if they, Dave Ramsey said, if you, the average car payment in America right now is like $500. The average. So if you didn't have that type of car payment, if you didn't have that at all, and you put $500 in a mutual fund right now, by the time you turn around 70 or 65, if you dedicate $500 every month to that, you'll be at $5.6 million. By the time you turn 70. <laughs> Are you hearing me? I said, wow. You know what I want to do? I want to travel. I want to retire from this place. <laughs> how many, listen, how many of you all want to work to the point of death? Let me see your hands. No. So most people are working until, most people are working until they pretty much die up to 80. Now, some people are working because they just want to do something, but some people are genuinely having debt and having to take care of the family members and have to do that. Who wants to enjoy the fruit of their labor? I want to enjoy the fruit of my labor. I don't want to continue to be a servant to the lender. A borrower is a servant to the lender. You don't have, listen, you have too much purchasing power to be a servant to the lender. Are you hearing me? Let's go to point three. We're coming to a close. I just want to, here it is. Must be diligent in our generosity. Let me tell you something. Even though you live in paycheck, you still must be generous. Are you hearing me? You want to know what every wealthy person understands? They take the biblical principle of tithing and they apply it to them. Like Tony Robbins, a businessman. He travels all across the world giving motivational speeches. Wrote in so many different types of books. And you know what he does? He gives it. Mostly all of the way. Certain books are, 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 are donated to different charities. Here it is. This is the house of God. The way things can get taken care of the house of God is making sure that the house of God is getting taken care of so it can be taken care of not only you, but the people who are in need. 
Point blank, period. Everybody talk about people taking church's money. The church does not survive unless we are getting donations. Here's what I like to tell people all the time. Listen, pastors are not the only one on salary. How do you get, how do people email you back? How do some people pray, you know what I mean? There's people on staff making sure that your needs are getting met. So you talk about the pastors taking the money. No, there's some people who have a staff of 20, 30 some people on their staff and they depend on the church and your donations so, they, so that they can have a job. But people don't understand that because you only see it as one person. You don't see that there's people that are on staff that has families at that job that are dependent on those donations. Because we're here to serve you. <laughs> people don't like this type of truth, but it's true. And not only that, everybody talk about the church ain't doing nothing for community. Well, we don't have enough to be able to do that. Are you getting what I'm saying? You got to have a spirit of generosity. Let me tell you something. If you a stingy, if you a stingy giver, how many of y'all don't like Indian givers in the room? You just an Indian giver. You gave and then like, uh, I think I want that back. No, you should never gave it to me in the first place. My God. They all like that with Jesus, man. This $20 was supposed to go in my gas tank. I guess I got to give it to him. Then keep your money. Keep your money then. God don't like no ungrateful heart. <laughs> Keep your body. Huh? Ain't going to benefit you no way. He said, I love a cheerful giver. If you got a problem giving the money I gave you so that I can bless you in return, then keep your money then, and I'm going to keep my blessing. Here's the thing about tithing. He said to prove me. Every time you tithe, you are proved. Oh, my God. He, God will prove himself with you giving your tithe, and he'll prove that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You, he said, prove me, test me, put me to the test. See, anytime you hold back what God has given you, you're not putting God to the test in order for him to bless, show you that he can bless you with more than what you got. Here's the deal. I'm ending like this. I was in Maryland Live yesterday. I was in Maryland Live. Now, before you all get offended, my cousin was going there to play at the blackjack table. We were coming as moral support. <laughs> yeah. So, because I'm not a gambling man. But I was there. I said, God, please show me one of these slot machines that might hit. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Anybody lay hands on a slot machine before? <laughs> like, go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm in the deer. But we was there, man. And so, well, you know, Mook, Mook he, my cousin, he was doing a great job on the blackjack table until the girl came, and that messed up the flow at the blackjack table, right? It messed up the flow. So he got off, he, so he got off the blackjack table. And so he made some good money. So we were walking with him to cash it out, and we were looking at this one machine. And Dad was like, he said, you know, Brandon, it looked like you really want to play. We're going to put this $10 in here. <laughs> so we put the $10 into the, and what amazed me is that people, 
This one guy was at the blackjack table. I mean, $300. He was losing. He just kept on putting 100 I said, my Jesus. Hey, man, you want somewhere to give to, brother? <laughs> you just, you just, like, bro, you want to just, listen, at least invest your money in a place that you can actually get it back. It's so amazing to me how we can trust casinos and blackjack tables and you, oh my God, $400, brother, give me some more. Now, he didn't have some drinks in them already, but Jesus, this man, before we even, he was there before we got there, so if I saw him lose three, $400, then he might have came out losing 1000 And guess what? He sold into the table and he didn't get nothing back. But if you invest with God... So that's the moral of the story. But while I was on, but while being there, I learned a valuable lesson. That gambling is not for me. <laughs> Here's why. <laughs> Let's see. A lot of people like to gamble with their money in life, point blank, period. But I got to the table, I got to the thing, and the lady started teaching us, like, bro, you need to stop hitting the bet three. You have a better odds with betting five. All right. So we start doing that and we start seeing. Oh. I said, Jesus. Boom! I was like, oh, yes. 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 So we put $10 in and we start seeing it $15. Then I won again. I won again. I got up to $20. I said, man, I'm going to keep pressing my luck. Bing. We got the $30. I doubled my investment. I said, we didn't come here for $30. <laughs> I can't hear more than that. <laughs> and the way you go about doing things, you got to be diligent with your money. Because doing that, my friend, gets you nowhere. <laughs> but it amazed me, man. What amazed me, standing on your feet, we're getting out of here. What amazed me, what amazed me was is that people given and I said if people had that same earnest to give into the house of God I'm telling you your life would be way better off than what it is because he was just spending that all spending it all what is the goal of vision month the vision month is to get you from here to there give you the fuel you need for this year you will thrive but if you put in what if you put in what was taught in this month I'm telling you, you will have one of the greatest years you've ever experienced. I'm going to lift your hands right here and say, God, help me to thrive. Give me your wisdom. Give me your understanding. Please direct me. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you're not saved in the